Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Unity is Community podcast by California Canopy. I'm your host, Matt Sully, and I recently had the opportunity of speaking with the head track and field coach at Vista Marietta High School. Many of you are familiar with Coley Candell as the head football coach, and he was the coach. He was a head football coach for 19 seasons in total, 13 at Vista Marietta, and then six at his alma mater, which is Carpinteria High School. And he's had success really everywhere he's been. This episode, or these episodes, I should say, is titled Legacy. And we split them up into two. They're about 45 minutes each. There's this awful lot of good information that we wanted to pass along to you guys. So we split it up into two. We really do hope you enjoy it. Again, the focus of this, this episode is Legacy. So Legacy is an athlete, a coach, and a family man. Coach Candell has a fascinating story with a quote-unquote track record of success as an all-CIF athlete in football where he won three CIF section championships, a quarterback at Carpinteria High School, as well as being one of the top-rated runners in the country coming out of high school, which led to an athletic scholarship at the University of Oregon, which we all know is a powerhouse for track and field. Coley was running a four-minute, six-second mile in high school. And any of you that have ever run the mile know how difficult it is just to get seven minutes or six minutes. He was running 4.06. It was insane. Coach Kendall has had multiple track and field championships as an athlete and a coach and actually retired as a head football coach at Vista Marietta High School to focus on training his own daughters in track and field and cross country. Now, he was still the head track and field coach and cross country coach, so he was literally coaching his daughters at home and then, of course, on the field. When coach talks about it, he says there's really no talk of sports at home. He's just dad at home. So there's an interesting dynamic there. But on top of this, there's one more element, one more layer, if you will. His wife, Karen, who was a stud athlete herself, stud runner in college, she's the assistant coach coaching with Coley at Vista Marietta, and they got to coach their daughters to a national championship invitational bid when they got to go up to Oregon for the Nike national championship in 2018. So remarkable. And really quickly, before we get to Coley, I want to point this out because it's amazing. 19 seasons as a head football coach, and he took nine of those teams to a section championship game appearance. Okay, they won two of those titles, but going to the championship game nine times, almost 50%, you're going to the championship game. It's like, uh, it's like the Patriots, I guess, if you will. Now, additionally, not everything, not everything was easy for Coley. He had to reevaluate everything that he was doing at the University of Oregon as an athlete. And of course, he's had to do that a number of times is a coach, but that's what's made him successful. He's been able to look and see what he's doing, not to say that there wasn't downtimes because there were, but he looked at all of it and he was able to get himself out of it and start being successful again. So without further ado, and of course we have all this crazy stuff going on in the world. We hope for just a small period of time, we get your mind off of some things, get you thinking more about sports again and the hard work that you're putting in to be successful and getting to where you want to get to as an athlete, a coach, or even a family man. So again, here's Coley Candell in part one of Legacy. Coley Candell, thank you for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. 
on another episode of the Unity is Community podcast. This one is called Legacy, and we thought of no one better than you to have on this particular episode. So, Coley, we certainly want to welcome you to our podcast. Well, thanks for having me. We have the athletic accomplishments. We have the coaching accomplishments. And then, of course, being a father and a husband. What I want to do, Coley, is I, I really... I really want to talk about you as an athlete, but before we do that, I want to I want to discuss a little bit about the coaching accomplishments. And one of the things that I thought was super cool is that you were able to go back to your alma mater, which is Carpinteria High School, and you you were able to go out and win a CIF championship in 2002. You had a runner-up uh, in 1998. You started there in 1997, so a year later you find yourself in the championship game. And then you won a CIF section championship a few years after that. What did that feel like to have almost instant, and I, I don't wanna, I, I don't wanna say instant success, but that's kind of what it seems like at the school where you attended high school. My, uh, my dream when I went into coaching was to get back to Carpinteria High School and coach there, but I thought I was gonna retire there, not get my first ever co head coaching job. I was 24 years old when I first got my first co head coaching job there. Um, I still can't believe it today that I actually got the kids on the bus and they actually geared up and played a game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but we did. And the nice thing about going back to Carpenter to start off my career was the fact that I was comfortable. Comfortable with the teachers, comfortable with the community, comfortable with the surroundings. I knew the tradition. So I just got to barely coach football. And... That was real helpful in my development because I learned how to develop relationships with kids and develop relationships in terms of expectations and giving a vision off to the kids. I was super young and I made tons of mistakes along the way, but that safety net of knowing Carpinteria was very um, helpful to get me, to, um, you know, get me on my feet and get me going with my career. So the winning the championships and getting the championships, it was kind of expected. It's just the expectations. Okay. I went into that job being 24, 25 years old. I'm like, okay, when I was a quarterback here, we won three CIF titles. Well, why can't we win a CIF title when I'm a coach here? Sure. So it just kind of fell in place. We had a, a very so my coach, year. I, I, coach, I, I don't mean yeah. to cut you off. I, I kind of have a, a problem with doing this, so I apologize. But there's, there's kind of a little nugget in there that I want to expand on. And this is this is going to lead us a little bit into the athletic career in a few minutes. But so you you talked about the success being an athlete, right? And so you expected to win, and you expected to do well because that's all you've ever done. And when you got into coaching, it seems like you expected nothing less, maybe even more, because now you're in charge of a bunch of young men. And of course, when you get over to track and field and coaching, uh, you have all the kids. So for you, how did, how did you really establish your philosophy? Uh, one as a coach and then two, uh, being, a, being a winner first and foremost, how much did that help you getting into your coaching career? Oh, it helps a lot. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a way of life, uh, figuring out how to solve a problem. And I, I feel playing a sports or anything you competitive in, it's just a problem. 
And how do you solve the problem? The problem's not solved the same way each year or each game or each situation. You have to kind of figure out how to solve the problem and try different things until you are successful. Uh, my uh, expectations were, I didn't have a philosophy. I didn't have, I just knew I wanted to be successful and I wanted the kids that, around me to be successful. So I had a, my first thing as my, as a coach in Carpinteria is my first six years, I really developed a philosophy of who I was and what I uh, wanted our kids to have or experience in their first, in their high school career. So I really, those first six years was figuring out myself, who I was as a coach, but who was I as a human being, and then getting that information across to the kids. And of course, I'm teaching through the game of football. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's, that's interesting. And, and one thing I want to point out, you wanted, and you hear this from the most successful coaches, you got to be yourself. Don't try and be someone else. And it sounds like you really understood at that young age who you were. And you probably had some, and it sounds like you had a little bit to figure out, but you did that relatively quickly. Once you understood that, you probably had a really good idea about who you were anyways, right? But once you really understood that, I'm sure that made it a lot easier to communicate to the kids and then have buy-in, right? Absolutely. When you have figure out what you take important because there's basically there's three things that I think that are super important um, in terms of that I developed and then you pass off and everything you do relates back to those three things and as a result of doing these three things then success will come it doesn't come the other way it doesn't you're not trying to win you're trying to do these three things and as a result of doing these three things winning occurs or success and when three the three things are uh you know again they've changed over the years i'm trying to remember back then uh you know it's character um you know establishing character in everything you do uh, you hear coaches talk about it and how important character is but when everything you do is a result and reflects back to character um that's huge teaching kids how to deal with adversity and the last one is uh, at that time was family and understanding that a family uh, has problems. A family doesn't have every day is not a perfect day. And that learning to accept each other for the greatness that each one of us has and willing to provide to a team was the foundation of our family. So okay. that's kind of how it started and what I thought was important. Um, now well, you, I've expanded now it's okay. character, which I've now included adversity into it, preparation and family. Okay. Those are the three things that it's kind of, after those six years, it morphed into that. I figured out that these are the three most important things that I can do to help an individual play the game of football, but also in life, understand that your character is everything. How you prepare for something determines whether you're going to be successful or not. And the people you surround yourself with creating a family atmosphere and one that cares, truly cares for each other. Is there any one of those three that's slightly more important than the others? No, all of them are about the same. I think you establish 
character and uh, family in the off season. And you learn how to prepare, understanding that preparation is more important than the game. Okay. Uh, in, in your concept, of course, it's like, uh, of course, we want to do well in the game. <laughs> That's the test. But understanding getting across to a kid that how you do things every day and how you prepare and how you practice is actually more important than the game because what you do and practice will reflect what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Ah, what you do in practice. I'm right. Sorry, coach. I'm writing this down. What you do in practice will prepare you. Well, re reflect how you're going to take. Reflect this. how you're going to be. Okay, see. How, reflect how you're going to live your life. You know, and that's everybody can have a great day. Anybody can have one great game. Right. Can you ha can you have hundred great practices, Coach? That wow, uh, that's the first time. I think that's the first time I've heard that, and it's brilliant. But this kind of leads us into what you were able to accomplish and what you've been what you've been able to accomplish. Not only as a track and field cross country coach, but football. Do I have this correct, you Coach? You were head coach for nineteen seasons, or was it twenty? I don't know. I know I did. Uh, <laughs> I was head coach at Carpentry High School for six and yeah, 13 years. So 19 years. Yes. Okay. So everyone listen to this nine section championship game appearance appearances. That's, that's my count coach. That's yes. what I looked up. Nine, that's right. Okay. So two section championships or two section titles. However, we want to uh, yes. define that seven at Vista Marietta. Then you had the two, at Carpinteria, your alma mater, the one in 98 and then the one in 2002. Okay, that's just that's just football, okay, everybody? This, this is just football. Now going into track and field cross country, uh, you won four consecutive uh, CIF championships. Is that, is that correct? And then you, had, uh, you went to the Nike National Boys Track and Field Championships in 2010. I, I mean, yeah. the, the accolades go go on and on. And, and we're going to get back to this when we move back into coaching. But now I want to transition this into your athletic career, because like we were talking about before, this had to start somewhere in the winning. And I'm a believer. If, if you think you can win doing anything, uh, then that's going to help you in all aspects of life. And sports is a perfect vehicle for that. Cause I know, I know for me personally, Sports has helped me out in all areas of, of my life and that ability or I guess the, the confidence in knowing that I can go out there and win um, has really driven me. But what I want to ask you, because your accomplishments <laughs> exceed uh, what I was able to do ever uh, in, in football and in track and field, but just the determination. And I know the first time the first time I interviewed you back in 2006, there was an intensity and I remember telling one of my colleagues at KZSW, I'm like, uh, Coley's pretty intense. You're like, yeah, he's a really good coach. And I'm like, cool. Where did that intensity come from? Was that, was that you were just born with that? Or you kind of worked towards it? Or you, you really, you always just wanted to win? I, I mean, where did that come from? It, it really wasn't, um, I remember, I remember the exactness of the time 
we went uh, when I was five years old. I remember our elementary school took us to a cross country like turkey trot. Uh, and I remember going there. I remember running and I remember them giving ribbons at the end of the race. And I wanted the blue one. And someone on the bus ride told me to get the blue one. You got to get first place. So the next year we went back to the same elementary cross school. And I was now six. I think I was preschool. I was like kindergarten then. And then now I'm in first grade. And so I just made sure I got first and then I got the blue ribbon. And ever since that time, I can remember sitting with that blue ribbon on the bus ride home in first grade going, I like this color. And <laughs> ever since then, it's been just a part of what I do and what I want. And again, I don't define success as winning. I define success as being the best version of you on that particular day. Because okay. I've lost plenty and not been happy about it, but been proud of my effort. And then I go back to the drawing board is how do I solve that problem of getting beat? Um, but it's kind of a concept of success and winning kind of are go hand in hand. However, it's not always, doesn't always, winning doesn't always tell the truth. And so how, how do you, how do you reconcile or, or how did you, and I'm sure this, this was the same as a coach where you put in all the effort that you possibly could, at least you thought you did. Right. And then you, you didn't walk away with the results. How did you, how did you pivot? Uh, I know, and, and we've talked about this too, coaching, coaching our daughters. We're going to get, we're going to get into that a little bit, a little bit later. And um, you know, we, we teach them now how quickly can you pivot, especially with a game like softball. Cause you know, yeah. uh, you have to have a short memory. How were you able, uh, how were you able to, to, to change your mindset so quickly to get over the times that you didn't win? You don't, <laughs> you really don't. Uh, <laughs> today I can, good answer. I can remember uh, a little bit of six of the successes that we have, but I remember all of the failures losses. Um, or losses or however you want to define it. Uh, and the concept I've always gone with is I've really never lost. I've mm. just run out of time a couple of times. And it's just a, an ongoing uh, thing that you just, in your mind, you're always finding how to do something better. You know, I've been doing this now for 25 years and I still question what I do every day. Not question that I don't, not confident what I'm doing, but question, is it the best thing to be done? Is there a better way to do it? And I'm constantly looking for what that better is. Uh, and that's kind of how I did an athlete too. Always looking for how I can be a better individual, how I can be a better athlete, how I can do something better. And so let's... Yeah, let's let's dive into that. So some of the some of the accolades here, uh, everyone are, are they're kind of ridiculous. And let's start with football. Um, 1987 through 89, you lettered. You were the starting quarterback at Carpinteria High School. You had an undefeated season in the 88 CIF championship, back to back CIF section championships, 88 and 89. You have the school record for. Passing yards, you were 
uh, the CIF Player of the Year in 1988, um, and then, of course, all CIF both years, 88 and 89. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty good resume, Coach. That's a really good resume. And for you, I, when you were playing, do you remember much about that time, uh, how you prepared, how much fun you had? Did you have fun? Are you one of those guys that had fun, or were you uh, – were you so focused that you're like, I got to get the job done? Or were you able to mix it, you know, kind of a combination of everything? Uh, I think you have to be secure in your own self to have continuous success. Secure that understanding that success is a process. And it's not something that you happens overnight. It's something that occurs over the course of weeks, months, years and putting all of them together. And I knew the recipe for success um, as an athlete. I knew that in track and field performances in March really didn't matter. April, they became a little bit more important, but it's what you did in the month of May and June that led a, led a, left a legacy for the rest of time. So I really understood that it's a process of success. Um, so, football. Coach, you, Coach, you, you come across, um, and, and we've known each other. We've known each other for years, but we're not, you know, obviously we're not close. But we've known each other for years. You, you come across to me as, uh, and this, this is the first name that comes to mind, is Jerry Rice. Uh, the, the intensity of wanting to win, and the ability. And having the mindset to go out and work harder than everyone else. To me, you seem like that you did that as an athlete and as a, and as a coach. Is that is that an accurate assessment? Well, anytime you put my name and Jerry Rice's name in the same sentence, <laughs> uh, uh, it's obviously very nice to hear. But I wish I had accomplished half of what Jerry Rice did and half of uh, what he went through. And to get where he was, so I do appreciate it. But uh, well, he's also <laughs> he's also not the coach that you are either. So true, um, thank you. But that I mean that that's just what came to mind. I mean, you always no. hear Jerry talking about what you need to do to be successful, and you see the NFL films videos of him running up running up that hill, and he brings his teammates, and they're you know they're like passing out, and he's going up and down all day long, and people just can't hang with him. You seem like that type of athletes and really what I'm trying to get at, were you that type of athlete? Yeah, it was more, I remember, cause again, playing football and being a distance runner, everybody had a problem with it. Everybody had a problem with it. Um, you're going to get hurt in playing football. So you're not, you're going to lose your scholarship in running. You can't be the best runner uh, in the nation just best distance runner in the nation if you don't run cross country. And that was kind of more fuel to the fire of I'm going to do what I want to do because it's going to make me happy. And what makes me happy is playing football and being super competitive in that. And then when the season's over, then I can start training for uh, track and be the best track athlete I can be. Mm -hmm. And the only the people that really mattered in that conversation was me, my parents, and my football and track coach. 
because they get they got it. They understood. They understood that me, that I wasn't going to let anybody else tell me how I should live my life uh, or how what makes me happy. I knew what made me happy and I was going to do it. And so that was the plan I had. And I knew the formula to be successful. So follow it. And then when I didn't, something didn't work or when something failed or something didn't go the way I wanted it to, I knew I had to make a change because, uh, you know, failure is the, you know, I can make excuses failing. It's just not an excuse. It's okay. It's a, it's an opportunity to change failures. This shows you where you need to work and where your weaknesses are. And those I found my weaknesses and kept on trying to refine them. What was as an athlete, uh, the biggest eye-opening one was going to college. That um, that was tough because I knew I thought I, my expectations were so high out of high school that they were too high, and that's what that kind of hurt me until I realized that I didn't follow my own rules of progression. Mm-hmm. That this is a process of slow development. And if you slowly develop over the course of time, you'll have a successful career. So I coach, does that, does that, does that go into your formula? Because you've mentioned that a couple of times. Can, can you expand on that a little bit? As a coach, kids want everything right now. They wanted it yesterday. They want all the awards. They want all the fast times. They want all everything right now. And unfortunately, people that get it right now don't learn anything about life and they don't learn anything about themselves. Um, and unfortunately when it counts, they're not going to be their best. Uh, we use terms around here, like keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is how you perform at the end of the season. What is your Mm -hmm. performance at the end when it matters during championship series, not in a dual meet that doesn't really make a difference or a preseason game that really doesn't mean anything except for something that goes on a record. What happens right. when you're in a championship situation? Uh, those are the things that kind of the, try to get across to the kids that I coach because that was the way of process that I believed in. And so the kids I coach, it's all about a process of progressing and understand that every day builds on the day before it and the day that next day is going to build on what you did today. When I was coaching football, we took more time off than we took time working. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I felt that rest and recovery was more important than grinding every day. That a kid's mind, when they started football season, should be just in love for the fact of the start of the season. Not dreading the fact that this is week eight all the way through summer. And now we're starting. Now, of course, we worked hard, but we we rested hard, too. Uh, and we weren't our best game one, but we were our best games 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We were at our best, playing our best football. And that just takes a little bit of patience and understanding the process of, you know, how a football team works. I don't want to be our best week one and two. I, I rather... I'd rather get beat than try to beat a great team and be the best football team we can be week one and two because I know a 15, 16, 17, 18, an NFL player can't hold best 
for 14 weeks. Right. There's a, you need a progression, a process of becoming the best version of you. So coach in, in high school, uh, track and field, uh, you, you lettered, well, let me, let me put it this way. You had seven letters in high school, which is ridiculous. So three for football and four for track and field cross country. Is that what it was? Track and field. Track and field. Okay. So as a freshman, you were, you were on varsity. You were state champion. Uh, looks like your senior year, 1600 meters, uh, CIF champion, 800 meters, 1600 meters for three straight years. <laughs> Did I, am I reading that correctly? <laughs> and then a CIF record, uh, in the 800 meters and the 1600 meters school record, 400, 800, 1600, four, four by 400. And, uh, you know, I was seeing something else that you ran almost a sub four minute mile. Um, is that correct? I'm seeing 406.26. That was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, they made a movie about that whole four minute mile thing, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, that's ridiculous. A lot of people are like, Oh yeah, I did six minutes. You're over here doing four minutes. What I want to ask you, coach, is you played, you know, you played two different sports. How much did each sport give you confidence in competing in the other one? It's an interesting question. Uh, the both, both football and distance running don't match. They don't complete training as a coach. They're completely different training systems. One is complete opposite. One's more explosive, a burst of four to five seconds. The other one is long burst of, you know, anywhere from two to five minutes. Uh, don't, so the systems don't even touch each other. And I hear about it all the day, as, all the time as a coach, where coaches tell other kids that you shouldn't be doing this sport because it's not, it's not preparing you to be the best at a particular sport, the sport they're coaching. And I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get kids' minds. They don't work well, that coach, way. A, kid, a kid's coach. mind works on differences. You know, there's very few kids, athletes, that can focus on one thing all year round and be right. the best. They need variety. And that was the best thing that I could ever done for myself is have variety, two different challenges, working two different things and hearing two different voices. Uh, that allowed me to build confidence that no matter what I did, no matter what I did, I can be successful no matter who says what. And a kid's going to be successful when they believe that they're going to be successful because of them, not because of a specialty coach or what someone says or what they're doing. They will become successful because they believe in themselves. So, Coach, when when you were the quarterback leading your teams to CIF championships, undefeated seasons, were you sitting there in the fourth quarter looking at your opponent and saying, we're wearing them down. We're going to outlast them. Our endurance is that much better. And just, just for you being a track athlete, I, knowing that, yeah, you could, you could probably beat any one of those kids on the field, on the football field at, distance run meaning your endurance was 
superior. Did you did you feel that when you're playing football? Like, I don't care what these guys are going to I'm going to outlast you. I'm going to outlast you. And then on the flip side, when you're running track and then you're competing against those those other athletes, you're like, I'm a football player. I'm tougher. I'm tougher. I'm tougher. Is that were you thinking things like that or am I way off? No, I was during football season. I was a football player. When I was in track season, I was a track athlete. Uh, so that very, never played in none of that very, ever played into your psyche when nope. when you were playing those sports. Nope, they're completely different. Uh, I think people have mistakes when they think about something they're else they're doing while they're doing something else. Uh, it comes back to that philosophy of keeping the main thing the main thing okay. at that particular time. And the main thing at, at my time during football season, I'm a football player. You know, I'm not thinking about track. I'm not doing anything with track. I'm a football player. I'm going to be the best version of my football player for my team and myself. And then but football I guess, season ended. I guess what I'm really asking is, it, did it give you additional confidence as an uh, athlete? Because you, the, knew, because you knew you were, you were successful at in these other areas of sports, right? And you were really successful. So did that translate, I guess what I'm asking, did that translate over to the other sport in the form uh, of confidence, especially, and you talked about when you needed to play at your best, right? And, and that that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. And the yeah. reason why I ask this coach is that uh, for me, uh, and again, not not at, not at your level, but I, I played football and, and baseball. And when I was playing both sports, uh, especially when I was playing baseball, I'm like, oh, well, I play football too. Like, I, I don't know. It gave me an extra sense of uh, confidence when I was playing baseball. You know, right or wrong, that's just how I felt. And of course, to your point, everyone everyone is different. And so that's that's the reason why I'm asking I'm asking that question. So on any level, did playing another sport help you when you were competing? And I think that answered easily that people that, in my experience as a coach, in my experience as an athlete, people that know how to be successful, know how to be successful no matter what they're doing. They know how to reach for things when things get hard. They know where to go in their mindset when things aren't working out or when things are working out. Uh, I think success breeds success, and uh, that has always been, uh, I know I can, when things, I need to do something, I can slow down. I feel like I can slow down the spin of the earth <laughs> to, yeah. to see what I want to need, need to do and manipulate what I need to manipulate in order to be the best version of me. Huh. And that's no matter what I'm doing. Um, there's plenty of things I'm not very good at. Uh, and I know that, but I can figure out how to get through those things based on previous experiences of previous successes of changing, tweaking, and doing things. Uh, I know my biggest change in my coaching career happened the first time after we played Centennial in football. Mm. that was a you you that changed my whole outlook of life not life i shouldn't say outlook of life outlook of coaching that changed my philosophical beliefs of how 
things should be done and need to be done. It's, it was interesting. And I remember so the coach, moment. Coach, hold at, that, hold that yeah. thought. I want to no get, problem. I want to get back to that. Cause I, 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 I really want to dig a little bit deeper oh, no. into that thought process. What I want to go to right now is so after high school, you get a scholarship to the university of Oregon, not for football, but for track one, did you think about playing football in college? Were there offers? I'm sure there were. Uh, and then why track and field and why the University of Oregon? Uh, track and uh, football, there was option. I never even considered that as being an option um, because I was 5'10". And okay. at that time, I was 5'10", 185 um, with good speed, um, football speed. Um, and, but the, a lot of the schools, some of the schools were still running the option. And in high school, I ran the option. And so there are schools that looked at me. Um, however, I kind of didn't give them time of day. I, I, I didn't, not in a rude way, mm-hmm. but just in the fact that I already knew what I wanted. I knew what was going to make me um, who I wanted to be. And football was never in that. Football is something I did. And I right. hear it all the time with kids. Oh, I'm not going to college in that sport, so why should I play it? I'm like, oh, you got this completely backwards. Wait, kids, they say that? They say all the time. Really? They, all the time in high school sports right now is like, especially with seniors. Seniors will quit. They, they'll, do, they'll do a sport for three years. And then their fourth year, they figure out they're not a, a scholarship athlete. So this quit. And you're like, wait a minute, you've played this all your life. Well, I should get a job because it doesn't matter anymore because I'm not doing it in college. Well, like, what, 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 getting, about, what about the fun factor? The teammates that doing is, something special, winning a championship. You know, uh, coach, I, I, <laughs> I, I played football in high school. I knew I wasn't going to play in college. It didn't matter. I loved it. I loved it. I loved playing. That, I loved being a part of the team. I loved contributing. I loved making great plays. I loved scoring touch, like all that stuff, like all of it, all of it, right? Uh, I knew baseball was gonna be was gonna be my thing, right? And that's what it turned out to be in college. But wow, I'm just surprised that kids are that are saying there's, there's and it's a lot, a lot of kids say it. The the fun of playing a sport, unfortunately, is losing. There's kids out there still. But a lot of the fun of playing a sport is for the reward at the end of the journey, not the journey itself. Did you hear, did you hear Kobe Bryant? I, I, you know, I'm sure you watched a lot on him over the last month and I was watching one interview and this is before an all-star game. I don't know what year. And one of the reporters was asking him, Hey, you know, you're just going to go out there and have fun. And Kobe's looking at the reporter and he said, well, the fun's in the competition. Yep. And I honestly, I, I'd, never, I'd never heard that before, right? But it's so true. Like, why are you doing this? Well, you want to compete, right? You want to compete. And then when you're competing and you've, and you've prepared to compete at a high level, then that's really, really fun, right? And I never looked at it that way did did you have you heard that before from him or have you i'm sure heck you've probably even said that before right i think that's a common uh, a common thing amongst super competitive individuals uh 
the, the journey of competition is very much enjoyable. Uh, you know, when it becomes more than just that, it becomes because you're getting a reward, it becomes really hard. It becomes a hard thing. Um, so, you know, we're in high school struggling with the fact that kids, um, there's so much pressure to get scholarships and to do this and to do that, to be on this all-star team. It's like mm. the fun is being sucked out. And it's oh. more about the accolades and the internet talk and the how many stars you have. And, and it's, you see it all the time and you talk to the college coaches and you see kids are unfortunately enjoying the recruiting process rather than the reason why they're getting recruited. Uh, <laughs> they, they, and it's, it's, it's interesting because our kids, I've had multiple kids that, that go away to college and they'll come back and I'll ask them, Hey, how's, how is it at Nebraska? How is it at Oklahoma? How is it at these huge names? Right. And every one of them say, coach, it's just like high school where I go, what do you mean? You have 90 to hundred of the best athletes from the United States all on scholarship. They're mm -hmm. coach. Half of them care and half of them don't care. It's just like high school. Mm. Half of them, their biggest moment in their entire life was getting a scholarship on February 6th, signing a letter of intent. They don't want to play football anymore, coach. They're done. That was, that was their, he goes, I get, and they always say, I get so frustrated because they don't know how to compete. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. And so anyways, it's, I think people that are super competitive and at, and have the mixture of super competitive and a gift of being able to do a certain sport very well. They all see the same thing. Um, they all want a very similar thing. And it's uh, fun is when competition gets high. The more competitive it is, the funner, the, the more they're going to have to dig inside themselves to do something different. And when they have to dig inside themselves to do something different and then they can do it and find it. That's fun. Did you did you have to dig deeper running than you did playing football, or was it was it equivalent, just just in a different way? Uh, running was something that came easy. Um, playing sports came easy. It's just it's not something I did. It's something that I did all the time. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know anything different. If I wasn't at doing a sport planning. I was doing something at my house competing. You know, who can make the most baskets with this rolled up piece of paper? Yeah. Who can take the furthest basket? Who can make the one behind the back? Can, you know, it's just, that was life. Um, Do you find that, that kids are, are doing that? as much you know i know when we were kids to your point out doing that all the time we're, we're out playing wiffle ball all day uh you, you know and then whatever season it was uh that's what we were playing at, at school in elementary school i'd bring i'd bring a roll of duct tape and uh the paper towels and we'd make a bunch of duct tape balls and I'd bring my wiffle ball bat and we'd play if it was basketball season i'll bring in my basketball it's football season i'm bringing my football um and you know we were always out playing what I've noticed is that kids don't do that nearly as much anymore. And I guess getting back to the, the fun, the fun of things and it being more 
you know, more of a, a job, I guess. And then seeing what's going on online, is that just because of the culture we live in now? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I mean, everything's always changing. You know, the, the way we coached 20 years ago is different than the way I coach now. Uh, you just, you have different landmines that you have to, you know, changes, changes. Sometimes some of the changes are very good. And the biggest change that we have for our youth of today is that, uh, one, the access of video games and cell phones are time consuming. And you don't have to create your own game outside. The second issue is that adults are the ones organizing things for kids to do. The adults are where it used to be before the kids organize their own tournaments, their own go down to the park, their own wiffle ball in the street, their own games. And they officiated and they, they were leaders and they knew how to lead and they knew how to organize and they knew that somebody was going to have to stick up and divide up teams e- equally because no one that's super competitive wants the, a team to be stacked and the other team to stink because that's no right. fun for a competitive person. A competitive yeah. person hates when one team is really good and the other team's really bad. So they'll even out and it comes up fair. That's what we the kids used to do. Now we're relying on do- adults to divide up teams and unfortunately, when you put adults in charge of dividing up teams, everybody creates an all-star team. <laughs> and <laughs> adults have no problem creating an all-star team and taking a bunch of kids and whooping up on another group, you know, 80 to nothing. They have yeah. zero problem with that. Now, if you ask the kids, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, that wasn't very fun. That was boring. Right. Because the kids are like, let's give them two of our players so we can actually make a game but we really i mean but that's the changes that have occurred that we're more into making these dream teams Special thanks to Coley Candell. Part two is coming up next where we discuss coaching and coaching your own kids, specifically your daughters and everyone that's ever had an opportunity to coach their own kids. And, and of course, girls are a little bit of a different dynamic there. Uh, you can relate. Plus, we delve deep. This word delve. Why can't we just say dive? I don't know why they have to change all the stuff, the English language. We're going to dive deeper into coaching adjusting philosophies because you're getting beat by a particular team and in learning who Coley may have admired the most in the coaching world. It may be a surprise. That's all coming up next on part two of Legacy with Coley Candell. I'm Matt Sully and we will see you later. (laughs) 